After college and before I became a Dominican, my first job was teaching middle school in a Catholic school on the Navajo Reservation in the high desert of northeastern Arizona. Up until that point in my life, I had not spent so much as one day in a desert. Having grown up in St. Louis, gone to college out in Virginia, the desert was a foreign thing to me. And so when I was going out to, uh, to the reservation in Arizona, the closest airport was about four and a half hours away in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then you have to drive through the desert to get there. So this whole experience of flying out there, landing in Albuquerque, and then driving through the desert into more desert was quite an eye-opening experience. I didn't know there were so many shades of the color brown and red until I had moved out there. And as we're driving out from the airport, the woman who was driving us, who was kind of our sponsor, our group of uh, volunteers out there, she was saying how this was the wet season in the desert. And I had a hard time reconciling what that meant. It was clearly and obviously a desolate and dry place. I quickly learned that the wet season meant this. Every day, about 3 p.m., the sky would darken, and for about 10 minutes, it would rain uncontrollably and then stop. Some days it would rain for 15 minutes. Some days, and this was the crazy part about it, if it rained for more than that, it was dangerous because the ground could not absorb water that quickly, and so flash floods could just pop up just in the spur of a moment. Living in the law on the reservation in the desert, I came to realize very quickly how absolutely necessary, but also how unbelievably powerful water is. All of a sudden, for the first time in my life, water was an important and precious commodity. But not only that, because of its scarcity, it could inflict damage so quickly in that area. Ours is a time in general, brothers and sisters, of plentifulness, of all that we need. And we are so good at being and, uh, and having access to water that we oftentimes don't even think about it. But what's interesting, I noticed this on Ash Wednesday because I've never seen this before. Um, we have so much water that there were hundreds of people, mostly women, who came to Ash Wednesday Mass with a huge Stanley container. So worried that they were able or not able to go one hour without a drop of water. Well, we don't even think about it, right? Like, and I'm not, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you need water, you need water. We don't eat before we receive Holy Communion, but water is certainly fine. But we just live and we don't even think about how amazing it is for us to be so blessed that at any time we can turn on a tap and drink water. Think about that. One of the ways that this came to light for me was here in Bloomington and how blessed we are. When Father Justice moved here, he, he came to me and he said, he knocked on my door and he said, can we drink from the tap water? Because for 57 years, when he was living in Nigeria, you could not drink from the tap water in most places. We have so much. And every year, the first Sunday of Lent, we are invited what? Into the desert with Jesus. 
And we can look at this negatively. We can say, oh, the tale of suffering and woe that is Lent. I have to give up all of these things. Or we can look at it as what it truly is. An invitation by Jesus to each and every one of us to be transformed into Jesus. To be more united with Jesus. To find ultimate meaning and purpose in everything that is available to us in this life, even in suffering and pain. Because life in the desert, even with Jesus, is hard. There's beauty to it. We heard in the gospel that Jesus was ministered to by angels. We too are ministered to by angels. If you want to hear a homily on that, come back at 9 o'clock for Father Simon's homily. He loves angels. But the reality of the desert, even with Jesus, is like Jesus, there are wild beasts. And those beasts become very evident in our lives when we enter into the desert. When we strip away those luxuries and conveniences of our life, what do we come face to face with in the desert? The wild beast that is my heart. That is my life. That is everything that I shouldn't be. We come face to face with our brokenness. Because wild beasts are a real thing in the desert. Sidebar, when I lived in the reservation, and the first place that I lived, I was living in a trailer on the reservation, the lady, who, the sister who was living in the trailer next to us, she said, don't go walking in the neighborhood unless you have a knife. And I said, well, sister, why do I need a knife? And she said, there's a pack of wild dogs that is going through the neighborhood. The wild beasts are real in the desert. The wild beasts are real in our heart. But Jesus is inviting us to become one with him. We are being called, like Jesus, to die in the flesh so that we can have life in the Spirit. And this life in the Spirit is a truly remarkable thing. It is something that will allow us to smile even in the face of death. To bring joy into the brokenness of the world. To love those who hate us. This is the transformation that comes when we go to the desert to seek new life in Jesus. Because the key, the one way in which we can achieve happiness in this life, and I mean happiness that cannot be taken away, that cannot be shrunk, that always grows and expands, the only way is the cross. Luis Martinez was the Archbishop of Mexico City. And in his book, Only Jesus, he has this to say about going to the cross, about going to the desert with Jesus. In order to glorify the Father as Jesus did, one must love and fulfill his will even to sacrifice, even to the cross. In order to save souls, one must do exactly the same. Every immolation, every sacrifice, every cross is the perfect fulfillment of the Father's will. That will then, that will then is a martyrdom and a joy, a calvary, and a heaven, because it bears every sorrow and produces every joy. True happiness on earth consists in performing with heavenly gladness the Father's will, which both martyrs and immolates. This joy of executing the Father's will is the holy, unalterable, divine joy of the cross. The cross is the supreme accomplishment of the Father's will. Therefore, it is the highest martyrdom and the loftiest joy. The passion for fulfilling the Father's will nailed Jesus to the cross, 
upon which he attached for all time to come the secret of sorrow and the secret of joy, blended in the priestly love of his divine heart. All priestly souls must have the same ardor as Jesus. This passion must nail them to the cross where they will find pain and joy in love. The desert is the place where a few drops of water are life-giving. When we strip those things away and turn to, the, turn to our Lord with a clearer, more undivided heart, the scraps that fall to us from the altar, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, now have an extreme potency in our life. Because we cling not to the things of this world, not to passing things, but to the eternal love that flows from the heart of Jesus Christ. And so as we enter into this season of Lent, into the desert, we are committed to the acts of mercy, to serving those who are in need, to giving not only from our excess, but from our need to those who are in want. We go, we go to the Lord every day in prayer. We offer ourselves in fasting, not only the little fast that we give up throughout the week, but especially on Fridays, the abstention for meat. All of this, when our hearts and our minds are fixed on the Lord, suffering and difficult as it may be, is also the source of our greatest joy. Because I mentioned at the beginning, when that water came into the desert, it was amazing how quickly the soil would spring back to life and things would go from brown and red to green in an instant. A simple, single drop of the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is offered to us in the Eucharist, does infinitely more in your heart and in your soul. Be not afraid of the desert. Embrace it. Embrace it together and as a church, and the world will become not a barren and desolate place, but a more beautiful and wonderful place for each and every one of us and for everyone we encounter.